0: This show is part of the retrozap.com podcast network.
1: And welcome everybody to episode 12 of the Animaniacast.
0: cast. I'll start the bidding at 25 cents. 25 cents? 25 cents. 25. Do I hear 26? 26 cents. 26. Do I hear 27? 27 cents. 20-
1: Welcome to the cast. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the animated television show, The Animaniacs. Each and every episode, we are going to be talking about a different episode of Animaniacs in the order in which they were released. We're going to talk about all the references, all the cultural gags, all the all the everything that is The Animaniacs, and uh, we're going to probably go off on a few tangents here and there, but that's okay because that's what we like to do sometimes. And joining me, as always, is my brother, Nathan. That's me. And all the way across the country, the, the woman who just saw the one, the only, the maestro, John Williams, is Kelly.
2: Hi.
1: <laughs> and we were just talking before the show how jealous I was of Kelly because she actually got to see John Williams again
0: mm-hmm. in
1: person. I so haven't met him
2: yet. So if there anyone out there is listening and and has a way for me to meet him.
3: Or if John please, Williams is listening.
2: Please. Oh.
3: <laughs> He's a
1: big Animaniacs right. right. fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> please please contact me. Yeah. That'd yes. Be cool.
1: <laughs> yes. You, Kelly at bigshinyrobot.com. Correct. Yes, but we are going to be talking today about episode 12 of Animaniacs, which premiered on September 28th. 1993 and today's episode has two different segments one is garage sale of the century and the other one is west side pigeons another musical parody all right two in a row (laughs) it's amazing it's fantastic so let's go ahead and uh talk about first of all the the opening uh variable verse this time was citizen caney
2: citizen caney
1: Spoiler alert, Citizen. Yeah, they they kind of <laughs> had a, a spoiler right there with Rosebud. Now, uh, Citizen Kane is one of those movies that <laughs> it's number one on AFI's uh, list of, of films, I believe. Mm-hmm. But has have either of you ever seen Citizen Kane?
3: I saw it on my yeah. iPod once.
1: <laughs> I never seen Citizen Kane. I know why it's important as a movie. Like it has, I, I remember because. And why do I know it's important as a film? Because I I remember watching the AFI top one hundred movies and that why Citizen Kane was an important film.
3: Uh, but it's it's worth watching just for all the Simpsons references it makes. It's <laughs> crazy. It was so ahead of its time. Wow! Like this wow! Like they beat the Simpsons to that joke that the Simpsons make. <laughs>
1: Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it, I think it shows like the ceiling for the first time in some films. Like, I don't know, like little things that, <laughs> seriously, that's what I remember from the AFI tribute was this was the first film to show a ceiling. I don't know ah. why that was because it was because most were sets, you know, and you don't show the ceiling of a set because the ceiling goes up into like 30 feet up into the and air. There's
3: lights and stuff, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. But this one showed a ceiling. So. It- was, I
2: I I have an interesting tidbit of in, trivia. Okay. Um the the sled the, the you know that they show when she says or when they say citizen caney do you know who owns the uh what's presumed to be the only remaining sled from the film? No steven spielberg ah, i should have
1: guessed
2: <laughs> yeah i'm disappointed why didn't you all guess that <laughs> like
1: wow well it was either gonna be I, if spielberg doesn't own it then then lucas would probably own it because those two of course are not only big fans of, of film history but they're also rich enough to actually own that yeah, stuff exactly. <laughs> so the first thing we have right here uh, to start off today's episode is a brand new tower escape and today's tower escape basically happens where there's a bunch of you hear a bunch of popping noises, right? Mhm. And out from the top of the water tower come comes like an explosion of popcorn. And out from the water tower the warners go down the hill like skiing down. Yeah. Uh, to escape. So again, a cute water tower opening. Um good animation. Yeah. Uh, you know, those,
3: those beginning ones have good animations. Yeah. The same. Uh, I like to think that they just accidentally made too much popcorn and like, well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move on to segment one, which is Garage Sale of the Century. Garage Sale of the Century is a story by Tom Ruger and Paul Rugg. It was written by Earl Kress, and it was directed by Alfred Jimeno. Nathan, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what, it, what basically happens in Garage Sale of the Century.
3: So there's a bear that is having a garage sale, and the Animaniacs, so the Warner Brothers and Sister Dot, come by and literally try to buy his garage because it's the perfect uh, size for their water tower. Yeah, And uh, they end up getting it for a pretty good deal.
1: So. Yeah. They they originally offered how many cents? Was it like 20 26
3: cents? I thought
0: at the beginning. <laughs> what are you kids doing? Nah, it's just not what we're looking for. It's uh, it's all wrong. You'd have to pay us to take it away. But I, I think we could see our way clear to pay you, mm, what's fair, 26 cents? <laughs> so 26 they haggle
1: a little is... bit. They, they haggle a bit with them sometimes. Yeah. Twenty seven, twenty eight. Uh, it goes up cents. to twenty-eight. I yeah, it goes it's... up to twenty-eight. They're 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 good they're good hagglers. <laughs> they know what to do.
0: Take it, oh take it, please, please! Or not, I don't care.
1: But um what so this is this is a you know, in this particular one they they haggle for the garage and they go back and forth. Um I think the first thing we should mention is that the bear, which Let's see, what is, is what is our bear's is Vern? name? His name is Vern, yes. Okay. Vern is voiced by Ed Asner, who, you know, to some people would be, oh yeah, he's from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. <laughs> but to most people today, we know him as, uh, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the character's name from Up. The Old Man in Up. <laughs> oh. And everyone goes, oh yeah, the Old Man in Up. Uh, so I, I, I did not know it was Ed Asner when I was originally hearing it. I knew, I heard the voice and I was like, okay, so it's somebody I recognize. But, uh, he, he plays a very, very similar kind of character to, uh, to, like, maybe he doesn't, I was going to say he plays a similar character to, uh. What's the... Nathan has a Carl Fredericks. There yeah, you go. Thank you, of Nathan. Of course. Obviously. <laughs> he kind of sounds a little similar to Carl Fredericks in a way. I mean, the, the only similarities they're both grumpy. Carl Fredericks, I could not see scamming people out of money, though. Yeah. This particular bear is a, is a scam artist, that's for sure. He uh, basically tries to get people to buy pieces of junk... <laughs> <laughs> Tells, there's one like little coffee. It's, it's a little what is it, a little thing for grinding gribblers. Uh, gribblers.
0: What is this? <laughs> well, this uh, this thing. It's a uh, uh, gribble refiner. Very valuable. One of a kind.
3: What's a gribble refiner?
0: What's a gribble? You refine gribble weather for heaven's sakes. You don't have to buy it. Make your own. Enough gribble for everyone. Wow. I'll take it. Good man.
1: So that was, you know, there was, you know, cute things like that. And of course, when the Warner Brothers go over there, they want to buy the garage. Um, the garage door bit, the garage door uh, controller
0: breaks. Yeah. The garage is not for sale. Ooh, can I press the button? Now. Oh, please, please. Now look what you've done. Don't worry, mister. I can fix it. It'll be good as new. Give me that back. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll be right back.
3: And There's a whole bit with that going on. <laughs> yes. It's pretty funny. It's... Now, the one part
1: that I don't think today they would have in a cartoon. Do you know that, Kelly, can you guess which part? I, I'm going to guess if the Animaniacs were done today, they would not have done one of these jokes. And do you have any idea which one I'm talking about? Trying to think, Wacko gets the con- it's it's something dealing with Wacko with the controller. Well, he has he, it the whole well, time. Well, he <laughs> does. So wait a minute, <laughs> duh. Well, these two girls walk by. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and he immediately aims it after he after he presses the garage door, uh, and which makes things go upside down. There's like yeah. two kind of yuppie people that Which
3: might be is that yoko Ono maybe you know there's one know. reference
1: guide that says that's yoko ono and julian lennon but i don't think so i i, really I, I honestly i think it's just two people from they look like two people from portlandia to me actually more than that's anything. probably what it was i think it was a reference to portland <laughs> yeah exactly it's definitely a portlandia <laughs> reference <laughs> but uh yeah he turns them upside down and then starts realizing oh this is fun i can turn this upside down i can lift the roof upside down and then two girls walk by and then he realizes oh i was just about to press the button and
0: that'll be enough of that every boy needs a hobby
1: Um, I, and uh, what I'm assuming is either the dresses would go up or the the, girls would go upside down or something, something bad would happen to those two girls. Uh, so I don't think that they would do that today on, uh, the cartoon. I, I totally forgot about this actually cartoon completely. I don't know. What about
3: you two?
2: I forgot it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I remember remember West side pigeons, but I forgot this one.
3: Yeah. I, I, Totally forgot this one I existed. think it was more memorable than the Picasso one last week, but mm-hmm. slight, only slightly.
1: Well, and the, the Vern bear looked very... I thought he was actually... Originally, when I just saw the picture of him, I thought it was going to be the same bear from the Looney Tunes. Oh, uh, the Papa Bear? To, yeah, the Papa Bear. That little short bear. Maybe he's related to him in yeah, some they, way. Yeah,
3: they look similar, and they're both angry, similarly.
1: <laughs> yes. But, but it's it's not it's a different bear so there are some cameos in this cartoon but you have to really pause the cartoon to see them there, uh, Babs and Buster Bunny are in this cartoon mm-hmm. Dizzy Devil is in this cartoon and Batman is in this cartoon from
3: the animated series yes
1: Batman the animated not 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 Batman George Clooney or Val Kilmer <laughs> or you know Michael Keaton. But uh yes, from the animated series, you can see them if you pause if you get your little remote and you pause the remote uh pause the, the film just right when everyone's uh rushing to get their money back from the bear, you will see them uh in that crowd of people. It's kinda like a Where's Waldo situation right there. But um I don't know. It what what are your thoughts about this this uh this first segment, guys? Uh I kind of liked it. I mean it was it was cute some mm-hmm. some funny stuff,
3: yeah, I thought it was funny. um, I thought it was strange that no one gave the stuff back after they took their money. You can't give <laughs> things. you can't get your money back but you're not gonna return the item. I think that wasn't there I think there might have
1: been Maybe. one or two things there, but you're right They're, they they like basically
3: <laughs> definitely not as much things as the money that he gave back, no at least for all those people. To come out, so seven of those people probably didn't even get things from him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did notice that they they, but you know, but he was cheating them out of so much money that he didn't deserve this the junk back even. He was such yes. a jerk.
3: Oh. and uh, I really enjoyed uh, the the Warner siblings being all uh, I don't know uh, sly and trying to trick the trickster by doing like an <laughs> auction and thing. You know, just mm-hmm. trying to be really good at haggling i just really enjoyed their haggling mm-hmm. ability in this one so yes
2: i really liked it when uh the lady older old lady was stuck in the tree and yakko i'm sorry wacko walks by and he's like hi lady in the tree yes. yes hello lady in the
0: tree what a charming lad
3: that that is probably my favorite line. Yeah, that this was my one. favorite line in this one. <laughs> so cute. I'm like the whole episode. i was just like, that's perfect.
1: And I was trying to uh, uh, picture, what a picture. Boy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to picture what voice Tress McNeil was using for that old woman because she does have different old lady voices, and I hear them. All. I I couldn't quite picture if she was parroting a specific famous older woman or if that was just Tress McNeil old woman voice number four you know because i hear quite often on futurama and the simpsons uh, and stuff like that playing different old women and so maybe i'm just you know hearing that old woman's voice and going oh that's from futurama i just can't picture the other character um one voice that i did think was kind of cool to hear was yakko when he's doing his kind of auction right there outside of the the thing with his mustache which Vern the bear
3: totally doesn't yeah, I realize that it's... <laughs> Until he pulls the mustache. He wait a second, you're that one guy. Who?
0: <laughs> yes, sir, Reed Bob, we'll auction it off to the highest bidder. Lots of money. Ooh, you'll be rich, I tell you rich. <laughs> what do you say? I don't think. Good man.
1: But uh, but Yakko is doing this kind of, uh well, let me tell you about all the, you know. Yeah, like this, an oil baron, I don't know. Well, uh, that voice, Texas. I think, yeah, I think he's actually doing a parody of... um a particular character here from a he he was an actor from Green Acres. Uh he was also in Back to the Future Three, <laughs> and he was in Robin Hood, um the the cart the Disney cartoon.
2: Yeah, I remember. That. He, that's what I, That's where I thought you were going. With
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I I know him for well. Yeah, I do I know him from a few things, and those are the first Green Acres. Not as much, but I know that uh, some people. Uh, immediately, But I think in uh, Gosh in, in Robin Hood he played the sheriff of Nottingham uh, I think it's Pat Buttram I believe Yes Pat Buttram uh, does the Well let me tell you about In fact let me see if I can find a quick clip of him here
0: He throws an angry tantrum If he cannot have his way He calls for mom And sucks his thumb And doesn't want to play too late to be known as John the First. He's sure to be known as John the Worst. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Nutsy, you better set your brains ahead a couple of hours. Nutsy, how can I sleep with you yelling, All's well all the time here. Sheriff, everything ain't all's well. I got a feeling that my bones is gonna be a jailbreak any minute permanently trigger point that pea shooter the other way
1: yeah Pat Butcher right there he he uh had that nice that voice right there of kind of a swindler kind of guy um yeah there we yeah. are I like that voice yes <laughs> <laughs> I forget who it was actually that I, I uh, some some voice actor t- told me, uh, not told me. I was overhearing uh, an interview with a, a with a voice actor that said they were they were hired to do a Pat Buttram voice, and, and I don't think it might have been Maurice Lamarche. I don't think it was, um, but he he was sitting in the in the you know audition you know room waiting to go in. And who walks by but Pat Buttram? <laughs> he goes, oh. "Oh, you're here to do my voice. Well, go ahead, do me. Let's, let's hear you." <laughs> so he had to do the voice in front of Pat Buttram. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's a it's, it's a voice that uh, voice actors. Uh, it's a fun voice. It's a yeah. cool voice. Makes you smile. <laughs> so any other thoughts right here for the first segment that we have? Uh, again, it's a it's a cute. Trivia. Oh, there's one I have one more thing here. Just a little reference. Uh one of the one of our writers came into this particular episode. Uh Nicholas Hollander, who's one of the writers, is actually seen yelling at uh Drew the Bear. He has long hair.
0: It's broken! I want my money back. Nice doing business with you.
1: Nicholas Hollander was in a uh, Previous episode, as well as a cartoon character, he was sweeping up all the pianos, uh, piano stuff from uh, Timpanini mm. after the piano was smashed to bits. And uh, he's back again,
3: <laughs> like returning a lamp or something. I don't know, yes,
1: <laughs> returning a lamp, I believe. But yes, he was <laughs> uh, must have been a very he, he's a he's a cool guy to draw, I guess. He has long hair, kind of a nice big nose, and stuff. It's a fun, a fun person to caricature, I suppose. So he keeps making his appearances. <laughs> we'll have to see if he makes any more going on. <laughs> Let's move right along to segment number two. <music> segment number two is West Side Pigeons. Well, this one, there's a transition. Thing, oh, wait! So if we were gonna, <laughs> well, thank you, Nathan, for catching me this time. <laughs> well, before we move on to segment number two, we have. Another transition. And this is a cute little one. This is a little bit very similar to how you would see transitions in kind of old cartoons, like I Mm -hmm. want to say even Rocky and Bullwinkle and and stuff like that. Uh, It was short and sweet. They're just eating at a Chinese restaurant. The Warners are eating at a Chinese restaurant. They're opening up fortune cookies. And Wacko's Fortune is the next cartoon. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse or something like that. Like, opening up a piece of paper and going, zoom into the the thing right there. So, again, a nice little short little, you know.
3: Yeah. It's uh, funny that Yakko has a hotel with many vacant rooms or something, right? Your hotel rooms have <laughs> many vacancies. Yes.
0: The hotel of your mind has many vacancies.
1: Reminds me of, like, a Chinese... A chi- <laughs> I used to do these uh ma- like I call them magic tricks but they're not really magic tricks they're more like just little uh joke fortunes that I I would have <laughs> from a pen and teller book that I got when I was in middle school and uh <laughs> basically the joke is that you would have a fake fortune in your hand and then you go to a Chinese restaurant and when you br- when everyone's opening up their Chinese you know fortune cookies and reading their fortune uh, you know they have. Oh, you'll have good luck, and you'll have you know this and that. And you switch the,
3: the papers, the paper,
1: right? Yeah. So uh, I had my little joke fortune right there, and I switched it. And the joke fortune said, "The chef spit in your food," oh. and so everyone, everyone's reading theirs, and then I read mine, which is, "The chef spit in your food," and everyone laughs, and they know it's me. Oh, Joey. That's yeah. that's funny. Where'd you get that? And the manager happened to walk by. And I said, excuse me, sir. <laughs> I, like, stopped the, the manager. Excuse me, sir. I got this uh, this fortune in my cookie. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, the chef spit in your food.
0: Do you want to complain?
1: <laughs> he started yelling at me. <laughs> like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sorry. It's a joke. <laughs> he did not think it was funny. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a little fortune cookie joke for everybody today, or a little fortune cookie story, I should say. So a little warning to <laughs> people out there, but it is a lot of fun. I gotta tell you. <laughs> and and now it's a lot easier to do than it was in the early nineties. Like before, you couldn't print up, you know, something so small and make it look good. Now you could easily do that with a printer. Yeah. So hey, kids, hey, adios. kids, make your own fortune cookies, Get, put them out yelled
3: there yelled at by managers. <laughs>
1: Make friends and influence people with Chinese fortune cookies. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to segment two, which is West Side Pigeons. And West Side Pigeons is our second
3: a, a two-in-a-row yeah. musical parody. I mean, like, That's, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the Garage Sale of the Century was not a musical. No,
1: but, it's not. So, but no, we're talking about episodes in general. Oh, okay. We're talking about episode 11 uh, showed, featured – Le Miser Animals, and this is of course a parody of West Side Story. Uh, West Side Pigeons was directed by Deanna Oliver, uh, and I'm sorry, it was, West Side Pigeons was written by Deanna Oliver. It was directed by Barry Caldwell, Greg reyna and Dave Marshall—a triple threat of directors. And uh, Kelly, what is what basically goes on in Good Feathers?
2: Okay, the West Side Pigeons is a parody of West Side Story. And if you're not familiar with West Side Story, it's basically a more contemporary retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Where, um, but instead of these families that are, are um, enemies, it's rival gangs in the city. And. Uh, one of the sisters of one of the gang members is falls in love with one of the other gang members of the opposing side and chaos ensues. Um, So (laughs) I just love that phrase. Yes. So (laughs) uh, in, (laughs) in West side pigeons, it's the good feathers versus the sparrows and the good feathers territory is the Scorsese statue and the sparrows want to perch on the Scorsese statue. And so they agree to a rumble and, uh, well, they go to the dance to arrange the rumble. And that's where Squit sees the sister of the lead Sparrow and falls in love with her. And she falls in love with him. And there's, you know, music and floating and, you know, it it's, it's not a good thing. So, um, the, <laughs> uh, uh, they have some really great parody songs in the episode and, um, it's it's one of my favorites
1: yes they the, him and Carluda wanted to migrate with migrate together which at mm-hmm. first I thought was a euphemism for something much worse than what it really <laughs> is <laughs> which is truly they wanted to fly off together it's kind of like elope, basically yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of like that but the way they were saying it was like whoa, geez calm down you two
0: someday I want you to migrate with me. Okay.
1: Well, Nathan, do you have the list of the, the different... Because there are, like, yeah, like Kelly was saying, there are quite a few... Oh, we're taking a plane break.
0: <laughs> taking a plane break.
1: We're going to have the actual song. No. <laughs> there's a jet flying over us right now. Let's just take a few moments to enjoy that and possibly edit this
3: sound out. Or not. We'll just, we'll just keep this in, because it's terrible to keep in. Yeah. But okay. speaking of jets... though. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the first song is the jet song.
0: Here comes the good feathers cooing at you That no sparrow can perch on scorsese statue honor ever-loving, beacon bugging, statue
4: Good feathers Ow.
0: Cause every part a lousy chick Here comes the chicks like a bat Hell, someone gets in our way, someone don't feel so well Here come the Jets, little world, step aside. Better go underground, better run, better hide We're
4: drawing a line, so keep your noses hidden We're hanging aside. a sign,
0: to visitors forbidden And we ain't kidding Here come the Gonna beat every last buggy gang On the whole buggy street On the whole buggy
3: That was cool. And then Maria, which was Carluta. Oh, Carluta.
4: Carluta. I just met a bird named Carluta. And please don't think me rude, but I think I'd like to brood with Carluta.
0: Carluta. Carluta. Maria
3: I've just met a girl Named Maria And suddenly that name Will never be the same To me Maria I've just kissed a girl Named Maria And suddenly I've found How wonderful a sound Can be Maria Say it loud And there's me Uh-huh. So, uh, America, with the parody was, uh, Scarsese's head. hmm
4: Skyscrapers bloom in America. Padalaxoom in America. Industry boom in America.
0: wealth in a room in America.
2: Lots of new housing with more space.
0: Lots of doors slamming in our face. I'll get a terrace apartment. Better get rid of your accent. <laughs> We'd like to purchase Scorsese's head. Why can't we purchase Scorsese's head? Good fetish purchase Scorsese's head. Sparrow should purchase Scorsese's head. On the rooftop we get lots of sunshine. No one to perch on a clothesline. Up here we have a boy's eye view. Humans drop food by the statue. We'd like to purchase Scorsese's head. Why can't we purchase Scorsese's head? Good fetish purchase Scorsese's head.
3: I feel pretty. Was I feel feathery?
4: <laughs> I feel pretty,
0: oh so pretty, that the city should give me its key. A committee should be all great to honor me. <laughs> la, la 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 I feel dizzy. I feel sunny. I feel fizzy and funny and fine and so pretty. Miss America can just preside. la. <laughs> See the pretty girl in that mirror there What mirror oh, where Who can that attractive girl be Which What Where Who Such a pretty face Such a pretty dress who?
4: Such a pretty smile Such a pretty me Such a pretty me
0: Such a pretty me Such a pretty me Around her I feel feathery Oh so feathery All my plumage is standing up tall I'm no peacock But it doesn't bother me at all Who's that handsome squab in the mirror there? What squab? Where who? Who can that attractive bird be? Which one? Where who? who? Chirp-quack, coo-cluck, it's chirp-quack, Cluck cluck me. I feel feathery. And
3: somewhere was just a perch for you or so, or, you know. Yes. There's a
4: place for us. Oh my hand and we're halfway there Hold oh, my hand and
0: I'll take you there Somehow, someday, Forget about it, squid. You're a good feather, see? And there's a perch for you On this statue for you. Forget the chick, cause she done you wrong. Scorsese's head is where you belong.
1: Now, I'm not too familiar with West Side Story. In fact, I think I may have only seen the film all the way through once as a as a kid uh, and honestly didn't really pay much attention to it at that point I think it, it's shown to a few of the eighth graders at my school and I think they they really get a kick out of it and they they enjoy it I think it did a reasonably good job of summarizing up the the, the whole story do, do you guys think that's true or I mean Kelly you've actually you you have probably the most knowledge of West Side story than me or Nathan yeah
2: Oh yeah, I think they they did a really great job. They um, they took the 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 basic uh, elements of of the story and, and managed to get it all right in that little short segment.
1: Yeah, it's only like twelve minutes. You're able to like summarize everything, and even some of the characters too. Like, uh, there's uh, uh, Officer Krupke in the original is up now Officer Krupkitty, <laughs> who is uh, now in the original Officer Krupke is coming with like, hey, you guys, you know, has a very kind of uh you know Boston, not not Boston more like a Bro- Brooklyn yeah. accent going on um and of course this officer Kruppkitty is more of the uh irish um, guy yeah. and uh you know there's some stuff going on with officer Kru- uh kitty like when he he's whenever he swallows uh one of the pigeons he tries to eat the either he the eats pigeon eats them whole, which is eats kind them of whole. Strange. just just got to swallow them all. yeah you know get it all over with one you know uh but of course the both squit and uh the sparrow later on later escape by just singing uh you know really loudly and officer Crop kitty of course first meant he gives out two different song kind of uh references song terminology i should say
0: I got to cut down on my coloratura.
1: Apparently, I think it might be a high-calorie kind of pun. but That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but uh, coloratura is a a musical term referring to both elaborate ornamentation of a vocal melody and a singer, uh, usually a soprano kind of singer. So someone who's able to, to hit that stuff. I don't know. I'm not I am no singer. I don't know these things. You just look things up. Or just think I read things off the internet. <laughs> and then of course later on he, he talks about wanting to have a crescendo free diet of mute mice, which I thought was kinda cute.
4: No no crop kitty no
0: That's it. I'm sticking to a crescendo free diet of mute mice.
1: Crop kitty's there to give us that musical stuff. Um, what is your favorite song, guys? Of the of the ones that were sung in West Side Pigeons,
2: I feel feathery. Yeah,
3: I would say I feel feathery. Yeah, I like the I, when they're all three singing at the same time.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite songs from West Side Story is "I Feel Pretty," and uh-huh. you know sometimes I run around the house and and I sing it. But sometimes I also sing uh, Squit's song "I Feel Feathery." <laughs> so,
1: like,
2: I love it. I love the way they, they took the lyrics and applied them to being a bird. And it's just – it's great. It's so much fun.
1: Yeah. It, it, I I, I kind of like – the one that's in my head for some reason is uh, There's a Perch for You. I just thought uh, – I was talking to John Mariano uh, last night on Twitter. And I was talking about like, oh, do you have any memories about, uh, you know, Westside Pigeons? And he mentioned that he – Never, he always wanted to be in a musical, (laughs) and I said, "What? You never been in a musical before?" And apparently, this was uh, his first, uh, you know, chance as an actor to really sing. And uh, I think he did a very good job during uh, "There's a Perch from You" Mm -hmm. from going from, you know, from singing very well to singing. Yeah, yeah, they horrible. have to get that key
3: that yes. I said. Saw. I mm-hmm.
1: said he went from baritone to tone deaf in just a few seconds because the whole head of Scorsese crumbles. Mm. And, of course, then they have to go see Francis Ford. There's a, there's a Francis Ford Coppola uh, statue yeah. down the street. So right there, of course, we should mention, of course, Martin Scorsese, the director of Goodfellas. Which is uh, the you know good feathers? Good is feathers, like
3: a pun on good. No. Yes, they didn't do the. Uh, you you uh, would what'd you would you call me like that's it? They oh, they didn't, didn't do that today. Yeah. Oh well, but they didn't need to. It was all yeah, good no, stuff. They had uh, plenty of other and, and of course
1: references. Francis. Well, and of course Francis Ford Coppola is director of the Godfather and many other films as well. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the God Pigeon real quick because the God Pigeon <laughs> goes out and he comes to to talk about Squid and uh to talk to squid I should say and gives Squid misinformation about uh someone mm-hmm. uh who he is he unintentionally causes the rumble I believe in the first place if I'm not mistaken. Is that right?
3: No. No? The uh, the like the where they're fighting the sparrows versus the pigeons? Yeah. That was the pigeons that brought themselves up. Oh okay. They're like oh. we're gonna go to this dance and we're gonna tell them to fight. <laughs> okay.
1: I miss all this stuff. <laughs> But uh, I I did really like that part right there with the god pigeon with he's talking and he's just talking about going to a car lot yeah you he he can hear him say car and he goes oh lot? Carluda what about that
0: <laughs> hey I'm almost one out of that beak. beaked Carluda got beaked it was cheeky but wasn't it. He thinks I beat noodles and he beat the one I love for revenge.
4: that was and
3: It's very funny. And yeah. then
1: of course and then he has that long thing where it's just like and it just goes see ya at yeah. the bottom. Uh so yeah, I I can't get enough of God Pigeon. Always love him. And also just the fact that it's Maurice Lamarche doing both you know, yeah both parts. He also did Crump Kitty, right? Oh, he did? Yeah, I think so. Wow. So, so, so there you go. This is this is truly... Uh, yep, he sure did. Squit, the God Pigeon, and Krupp Kitty. So Maurice LaMarche does a little uh, tour de force performance in God Pigeon, or in uh, Good Feathers. And in God Pigeon. Or whatever. <laughs> he does a tour de force performance in West Side Pigeons. I finally got it out.
4: <laughs> it's been a long day, folks.
1: <laughs> there's a there's a cool part right here where it's talking about uh, they go to a, the dance and they're going to uh, it's the city park is holding a Leonard Bernstein memorial concert and uh, Bernstein composed
3: West Side Story. So, yeah, I was looking at things now. So that's that's pretty cool. I like how, how many references they just kind of hint at, you know, with the, the Scorsese's head. And yeah, which is another song I also do uh, kind of get to my head. Yeah, we want to, yeah. I
1: That do and, and
2: Carluta.
3: Now, why did they mention, why did they,
1: see, that's one thing that's kind of been bugging me. Why Carluta? I mean, that was, it's so different than Maria. And I'm, is that, um? I I think it's Carluta because it's, because it just sounds like more of something a pigeon might say, like the loo sound. La, loo loo. Maybe. I, I don't understand why they changed that. Because that's not even a real thing, right? Like Carlotta is the is how you say that, right? Isn't yeah, that I like think... isn't the girl's name Carlotta, not Carluda? Yeah, just...
2: there's a um. I think there's a. I want to say there's a Carlotta in Phantom of the Opera, ah, but that yeah. has really no relevance here. Mm-hmm. So um, but it but it is a girl's name.
3: Yeah, it took me. I know. I did do. I did invest about five ten minutes and then said oh, I give up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, what. I was like, I'm pretty sure her name wasn't Carla in, no. or anything in West yeah, Side. So yeah, yeah it was it was Maria. But... It was Maria,
1: Maria. In fact, whenever I have a student at my school named Maria, I always have to go Maria, <laughs> Maria until they leave. Yeah, and I go, and they go, bye. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done singing. You come back here. <laughs> now in the in West Side Pigeon, in, I'm sorry, in West Side Story, did she she didn't run away with a a, a different Guy at the end, did
3: she? No. Okay. Was it in like Romeo and Juliet? I can't remember how.
1: No.
2: Uh,
3: Wait. Spoiler alert. She... Spoiler alert. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs> he di- he dies in the on the. Her brother gets killed, I think, and then he mm. dies. I don't. I think it's Tony. Tony and Maria, and um. Uh. You know, she kind of fusses at everybody and says, "This is." what are your hate has brought us to and um then they they carry his body off off you know the screen and um then it kind of ends
3: oh. it's
2: kind of kind of a downer really
3: good night everybody now <laughs> that's how, I mean, it's very similar to romeo and juliet well there. yeah i mean
1: it's a tragedy so. kind of film you gotta you can't you can't leave on a happy note where people actually get along and everything like
3: that no that'd be boring right yeah well and it's you know, if you want to stay close to the adaptation, you know. Again. That's true. I was thinking of another well, uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet reference, or another Romeo and Juliet uh, adaptation was uh, uh, Warm Blood, which didn't, I think that was what it was called. were all zombies, but it, did, it had a happy ending, which I was Tara, like, this is I terrible. But <laughs> it should be, everyone dies, and it was actually, I mean, I'm sure that some people die. I can't remember it.
2: Much, well, it, I would be remiss... If if I didn't, if you know, talking about West Side Story, I, I think I should mention that Steven Spielberg is hoping to um, do a new, da- new adaptation. Yes. Of, of the musical. Now, Just FYI.
1: <laughs> now, do we know if if that's going to, if it's going to be a musical or is he? Yeah,
2: I think so. I mean, it's really the way it w- it's was created. It was uh-huh. created as a musical um, for the stage. I think before it was ever on the screen.
1: Well, there we go. Kelly, were you ever in a were you ever in a musical when you were in, in high school or anything like that?
2: No, no, I, I was not. One time, um, I did audition for the Beauty and the Beast musical for uh-huh. like community theater because I was just bored and wanted to do something over the summer. And I love Beauty and the Beast, and I apparently did not have the uh, the skills. Aww. <laughs> So well, I don't really sing or dance or anything. <laughs> well,
1: Nathan has some information that would, would yeah, make you jealous because
3: um, Nathan, I was in Beauty and the Beasts.
2: Uh, oh, what Broadway. did you play?
3: No, uh, no. <laughs> In my high school, I was Cogsworth. Oh my it was goodness, Cogsworth was great because his—if you don't sing well, it's like, well, it's it's in character. He's not supposed to sing well. <laughs> he,
2: well, I told him I'd be refined. the old woman with the rose. Like, let me do that. And they're like, no.
3: <laughs> oh, see, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, being in a musical is always a is is something that if you can do it, it's a great thing to do, and it's it's just neat to be able to be in front of people in a you know big crowd like that. Yeah, so I enjoyed it
3: a lot. I was also in Big the musical too. You were in Big th- what? Yeah, the year before. Uh, I guess I the, was working. It that was night. not a very good musical. Okay, I'm glad and I missed oh. it then. All my songs, they come out. It just really it said, just say them. <laughs> Just, wow. just speak these uh well that's not as bad
1: as as me the year before uh we did my fair lady uh in my high school and i i got to be the horse in my fair lady oh, which wow. which basically what that means is i was the person who ran in the background for the during the horse race scene so that people could watch some i had to wear a white t-shirt <laughs> I was not dressed like a horse at all. <laughs> I just ran from one end of the, the uh theater to the other, uh, halfway through, kind of like the dividing line between the upper house and the lower house. So people in the upper house just saw me running across the stage like running across the, the aisle and then running back the other way, so that the stage actors could watch me and look, and I must have just looked like some weird person yeah. just running through. I'm
3: guessing they thought you were just some tech guy like, oh, he's forgot something. Yes.
1: But it it was fun because they the actors got to watch me and it was I just trotted like a horse. I just I distinctly remember like going like doing my little tiptoes like up, 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 up and just, that was me in the music man. Or not the music man, then my fair lady. <laughs> I was the horse. So there you go. All right. Such an accomplished stage actor.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, with that, I think we basically hit about everything we needed to do in in uh, West Side Pigeons. This is a cool segment right there.
0: Yeah. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Squit the Pigeon from The Good Feathers and Animaniacs. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto.
1: Let's get right over to our Water Tower rating right now of... This particular episode. So, what do we think? What are you going to give episode twelve of the Animaniacs, uh, Kelly? Let's go. Let's start with you this time.
2: Mm, uh, let me think about it for a second. I I think I'm going to give it three and a half. No, right. no, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I'll do four. Four. Because I really I really like West Side Pigeons. It's always been one of my favorites. So, uh-huh. um, that's where most of the the points go water towers. Uh, the garage sale of the century was really cute too, though. Uh, for some reason it, it was just really forgettable. I, I yeah, remember really it, seeing much of it at all, but, um, I mean, from, from when I it originally aired, but it, it was cute. It had some really great moments. So yeah, four.
1: Okay. I'll go next. Cause I just feel like it. I, I, I agree that, uh, yeah, I don't, the garage sale of the century isn't a bad segment. It, it I agree though. It's just kind of a forgettable one. Um, for whatever reason, I I don't know exactly why. I mean I like Ed Asner's appearance in it and uh and I like the gags with the garage door opener. It was all cute. The animation was nice. Um West Side Pigeons I, I liked quite a bit. Um I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Um just because I don't know, I guess on the grand scale of things, I, I can think of uh you know other Animaniacs episodes I like a little bit more. So out of five Water Towers, I'm going to give it uh, three and a half for this one. Um, Nathan, what about you?
3: Um, I'm going to go with four Water Towers. Okay. Um, I also enjoyed that West Side Pigeons, and uh, I enjoyed the uh, Garage Sale of the Century as well. So I like that line, the uh, hello, lady in the tree. So just, <laughs> just such a... And we wouldn't have that without the Garage Sale of the Century, so... <laughs> There we go. And they, they're they going to get a yard tomorrow. So That's
1: right. There's a yard sale the next day. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: You <laughs> can see the yard sale this entry. Too. Yes. Wait for that.
1: Yeah, that's why we got to renew Animaniacs, everybody, so we can get that sequel episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on to our Twitter poll results.
0: Oh, hello there. This is Ned the Explorer searching through... The deepest jungles of somewhere. Oh, I see where I am. I'm near the Zambezi River. Oh, the Zambezi makes me sneezy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. My goodness. Well, now I'm I'm here searching for the the announcer who has gone missing these these past few weeks. Well, uh, anyway, I'm here to give you the results of the latest Twitter poll. The listeners were asked which of these three historic figures had the best appearance on Hashtag Animaniacs. 11% said it was Pablo Picasso. 40% said it went to uh, Albert Einstein. So with 49%, it was the artist Michelangelo who won this week's poll. Well, there we are. and there, Oh, my goodness. I think I see in the distance. Right? I think it's it's the announcer. Hello there, announcer. Is that you? Hey, help me over here. Help me. All right, I've got to go over there and help him. He's stuck in some sort of quicksand. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, I must hurry. Well, uh, here, here is the, the poll for this week, listeners. Goodbye
1: those were our twitter poll results from last week so let's talk about what we thought the question was of course which of these historic historical characters had the funniest appearance in animaniacs uh nathan we'll start with you which one of these uh einstein michelangelo or pablo picasso
3: gotta go with michelangelo why is that uh it's just too funny that uh maurice lamarche just Un uncanny. I'm sure Michelangelo sounded just like that, so <laughs> Yes.
1: He did his he did his research. Um let's see. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with yeah, I gotta go with Michelangelo as well. I gotta go with Michelangelo as well for many of the same reasons uh you were saying, and of course Kelly.
2: <laughs>
1: anticipation. I don't know what you're gonna say. Which <laughs> which of those three do you think is the funniest?
2: Michelangelo.
1: And give us I don't know. One reason. One word. No. (laughs) One word.
2: I can do it in one word.
1: Okay, one word.
2: Spielberg. There you
1: go. (laughs) His eminence is coming. Okay, so today we're going to have a poll. We're going to talk about which musical parody was better. And we just had two in a row. So this is going to be a 50-50. This is one or the other. It's Les Miserables or... West Side Pigeons. So ladies and gentlemen, go to twitter.com slash cast and let us know which of those two do you think is better. And uh, we'll have our results in next week's episode. Cool. So let's go ahead and go right into some feedback here oh, that we goody. got. Um, Nathan, we have some feedback on our Facebook page that we just got recently. And do we have the person who said this here? I think, yeah, here it is. Curtis Findlay. Curtis Findlay recently left a comment for us. Do you have that on for your screen? Yeah, I think so. Okay, what did Curtis have to say about it?
3: Okay, it is interesting that you comment about how much you like the animation in Bumby's mom. Okay, I think it's that. Like wait it. wait, wait, wait in a, a second. The, calm down, calm down. <laughs> oh.
1: I don't think he's mad. Oh really? No, I don't think so.
3: Oh, okay. Um Let's I, let's
1: try take two. Okay. That's that's magic. Curtis sure is
3: really angry in this, but Really? No, okay, I'll okay, take it. No, 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 no. It's interesting. Mm, it's interesting that you comment about how much you like the animation of Bubby's mom, but don't like it in the big candy store. Because in this particular episode, both segments were animated by Startoons. I agree with you. Startoons does the best slappy episodes, but their Warner segments are a bit off. I guess the squirrel designs and more extreme nature of the action is a better fit for Startoons. For me, I can always spot a Startoons episode because they like to draw closed fists, very specifically where the middle finger is almost squeezed out by the chunky surrounding fingers, and their mouths are a U shape rather than V shape. Yes. How was that? That's
1: better. I'm sure that's exactly how Curtis sounds. <laughs> it still bothers. <laughs> so yes, the, the, Curtis is talking pretty much to me directly because I'm always the person talking about the animation style and which one I like and don't like. And I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I I I think he agrees with me. Yeah, it sounds one. like he agrees. He uh, but I would never noticed that before with the whole thing with the fingers. Uh, that is that is interesting to me that uh, the they had that whole thing with the with the fingers and stuff. So. Yeah. But I did notice the V and the U shaped uh, mouths. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, Startoons to me, I, I, I hey, I, I'm a fan of their, I'm a fan of their slappy squirrel animation. Um, I have, there's a video that I saw on YouTube that actually goes over the different, uh, all the different animation studios that help create the Animaniacs. And so I'll put that in the show notes just as a reference point or folks who maybe don't know about or are just curious about all the different companies that help uh, create the Animaniacs, because they're all there. All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, start closing up the shop. But Nathan, what should people do if they like the episodes that they're hearing of the Animaniacast?
3: Uh, tell a friend.
1: That's a great thing to do.
3: Or. And or. And, or. Or. It's just and. And And leave a uh, comment on uh, on the the Twitter, or and leave a review on the iTunes.
1: Yeah, I think leaving a review on iTunes is a fantastic idea. And plus, you should probably subscribe as well.
3: Yeah, so these are all great things you could do. Do all of them.
1: (laughs) Do all of those things. And uh, if you want to uh, get in contact with us, you can go ahead and you can send us an email. You can go to animaniacast at retrozap.com. Send us an email. You can send us your thoughts on episodes or, you know, of the Animaniacs to give your own review. Uh, And if it's nice and short enough and everything, and we will probably play it on the, uh, on the air here. So you'll be heard as well. You'll be part of the show. And Make sure to go over to RetroZap.com slash Animaniacast to see a full uh, resource of all the different episodes that we have released here on the Animaniacs or Animaniacast so that you can uh, re-listen to some previous ones. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you if they'd like to reach out and say hi? Uh,
2: they can contact me on Twitter, YodaPrincess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Or email me Kelly K E L L Y at bigshinyrobot.com.
3: And Nathan, what about you? Django FT on Twitter. Uh, I'm hoping to get my tenth follower soon. All right, I might have him by now, but if I don't, you should follow me, and you could be number ten. So there we
1: go. And uh, and speaking about Twitter, um, a you sh- yes, you should follow both Nathan and she- and Kelly. But if you're not following us, follow me. Following us on Twitter, uh, we're over at Twitter.com slash AnimaniCast. We are at this, the time of recording, almost at 400 followers. Whoa. <laughs> and we're going to, and I am throwing down a, a, a gauntlet here. Uh, the The podcast Depths of Netflix recently said they just reached 400 followers before us. So I said, we're going to have a race to 500 followers. So we have to reach 500 before they do.
3: Yeah, let's get those Twitter bots.
1: Yes, Twitter bots, Twitter bots. <laughs> I actually have been very good. I have been blocking Twitter blocks as oh. uh, bots as we go. So we'll never win. Joey. I know. I know. Not not at this rate. I, I have too much morals when it comes to <laughs> who the followers are. So uh, you can also go out to Facebook.com/slash/animatedcast. And uh, as I said before, email us at Retro Sa- uh, Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And over at RetroZap.com, you'll find a bunch of other cool podcasts as well. and Blasters, Blob of the Hut, Skywalking Through Neverland, Techno Retro Dads, the ARG cast, and many, many, many more to listen to. And if you're like me... I, you don't listen to music anymore you just listen to podcasts constantly so go to RetroZap.com is a great resource for a bunch of great nerdy discussions of anything you want to talk about. Star Wars. Mostly Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> but we do that too so we, we fit in just perfectly. Yeah so we will see you next week with episode 13 of the Animaniacast, Yeah. which we uh, I don't know what it covers. Point Laven. Oh, that's right. We're going to be going through our first episode with Mr. Director, which I'm excited to yeah. go through. I am too. <laughs> so we'll see you next week, everybody. And for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.